otherwise on SAFM. Karen Swat, welcome to Otherwise. Thank you, Shadow. My name's actually Karen Stewart. Stewart, not Swat? Yes. No. I beg your pardon. No problem. Oops, oops, oops. Well, <laughs> congratulations again on the AHA company. Thank you. So obviously your creativity coming into play there. I know, I know. <laughs> but when was the AHA moment for you? Um, I, I think it wasn't such a aha moment as a, a number of different aha moments that made me realize that creativity is a very important part of people's business development. And I've been working with a lot of creative people, and they tend to isolate their creativity from their business development. So I became very interested in um, connecting people with their cre- creativity. Mm-hmm and getting them to think out of the box in order to see how they can create new solutions for their companies. But, Karen, you know, we're not taught to be creative. In fact, we're just taught to be methodical in in, in everything we do, or systematic, I should say. Um, Yes. I I wonder, though, if, if... if we all taught, in, in fact, even from school, it's the way we educate it as well. We can't be creative with our education. Uh, and, and maybe this is where most of the problems come from as far as business is concerned. I, I must say that I do agree with you. I think that the school system doesn't encourage creativity, even though there are amazing studies to show that schools where art and creative subjects like singing and dance and drama are taught, mm-hmm. the kids actually do better at science and math. Um, so it is something that is slightly knocked out of us. Um, so I guess I have much more of a role to play because we come into the workplace feeling like we aren't creative. But I do still believe that that creative thread is very much alive in people and it just takes a bit of encouragement to pull it out of them and make them connect with it and make them actually more satisfied and whole human beings. Now, how do you get that to work with somebody that's been doing the same thing for almost 20 years, their business is just about doing fine, and now you're introducing a creative uh, possibility to do their business? It's a different concept, isn't it? It is a very different process. You you have to do it very carefully. Um, you create a very strong safe space for people to operate in. So it's not this wild, tangential experience. It's it's actually a very gentle, methodically thought out, strangely enough, mm-hmm. um, process that takes people step by step. Um, and and very gently into an experience which allows them to connect with their creativity. So the the design of the experience is very, very carefully and methodically put into place so that people don't feel like they have gone completely out of control and that something weird has happened to them. It's actually not... That's not what the process is about. It's Mm -hmm. about opening up people enough so that the richness of ideas can emerge. Now, you, do you start at the top with the bosses and, and trickle down to the workers? Uh, how does it happen? It depends on the company's needs and what their approach is and what their requirements are. 
So I work with, with um, bosses, and I also work with with the people who bosses are managing. Okay, and 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 how do people? I mean, are you the only person that does this in the country? I, I suppose you are. Hey? Um, that's quite a difficult question to answer because <laughs> I have done quite a bit of research. Um, and I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> well, I've never heard of anyone doing what you're doing. Let me put it that way. Well, that's great to hear. So you may, you may be a trailblazer at, 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 at what you do. I am a bit of a trailblazer, yes. Do you work with a team of people, Karen? I have um, I have a partner, Abongile Insane. We've been working together for a number of years. Um, and we so we are start, we've kind of started this together. Okay, but now what, what sort of uh, programs do you have and, and how long does it take for you to, let's say you come to my company, I wish I had one, but you know, <laughs> if you walk into my company, oh, what, what, what are you selling me? Are there different uh, packages that one needs to go through or is it just yes. one session? Look, what, what I do is I do a needs assessment. So I'll sit down with you and I'll discuss where your company's at and exactly what you are trying to achieve. And then we will decide together how much um, time we can take out for your staff. But I also do have um, components that I've designed. So if you go to my website, the ahacompany.co.za, you can see the the packages that already exist. Yeah, the, uh, uh, for instance, I see that you've got... Uh, the meeting make or break because we do waste a lot of time in meetings. Yes. And yes. and usually they don't produce many results. Yes. We meet to have a meeting. So how exactly. do, how do we make a meeting work? I think that a lot of times people don't actually think about what they're trying to do in a meeting before they have the meeting, and this is what wastes. Time. So I teach people how to, when to, well, firstly, the decisions you need to make in order to decide, do we actually need a meeting for this, mm-hmm. or can this be resolved in a more efficient manner? And then secondly, if it is a meeting, I teach people how to um, set goals for meetings and how to keep people on, on the agenda. Because what happens in a lot of meetings is people start getting sidetracked by what we call depth processes where they want to start talking about their particular problems mm-hmm. and bring their own uh, things to the table. And that tends to unhinge a lot of meetings. So I teach a bit of facilitation skills to, keep, to help people to keep people on, on track with the process. You know, the other thing that we hear a lot about, and I'm not too sure if we understand the same thing about, is brainstorming. Yes. I mean, what, what, what should we understand by brainstorming? And, and who should be in a brainstorm? So, again, that depends on the approach of the company. My personal opinion is that as many people as are involved in the development of an idea and the implementation of that die, so that may be different people, but those people should all be involved in a brainstorming process um, the reason I say that is I think that some not managers don't always have all the solutions because they're not working with the clients on the ground, and it's better to have a wider team of people there that can actually 
that you can resource a lot of different opinions from and a lot of different ideas from, um, and that creates a much more dynamic brainstorm session. But having said that, a facilitated brainstorm session is also often a lot more productive than one that's done internally because of this thing of people trying to hijack the agenda. Mm. So a person like me is able to keep the team very much focused on the predefined task Mm. and, um, and can also then allow everyone in the team to speak. So there's often rank issues that happen in a brainstorm where everyone's just waiting for the boss to say, what it's going to be, mm. and then everyone follows. So real brainstorm will allow even even the, the lower-ranking people in the company to speak. And they often actually come up with very alternative solutions because, as I say, they're on the ground and they are um, they're seeing things in a different way to what a manager might. And it also assists everyone in the company to be on the same page because Absolutely. then everybody knows what the business of the company looks like and what it ought to be delivering. Absolutely. And it also creates much higher buy-in from the whole team if they have been part of the, the process which designed a product or a system or a new way of get, engaging with clients, whatever it was that the task was. Yeah. Now, would you would you recommend that somebody uh, uh, goes through a session with you to learn about all these workshops that you give, and the, for instance, the creative ignition workshop, and that as an individual, so that whatever company they go into, they may already be 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 understanding the concept of of um, the concept of creativity. Yes, I, I think that would, I mean, it would make the workplace much more functional. Um, uh, but also I, pro- I provide support to different kinds of business people. So my creative ignition workshops are actually designed for creative people who are who have a lot of demands placed on their creativity. And those workshops are intended to allow those people to explore their creative process, uh, reintroduce themselves to their own um, creativity out of the parameters that a client sets for you. Um, So it's it's to combat creative fatigue um, and that kind of feeling of where am I going to get this this new next idea from. Mm -hmm. So that... So those workshops have a slightly different focus to my more business-orientated ones. There are people who work for advertising agencies and those kinds of people who need to come up with right ideas all the time. All the time, absolutely. But the the only kind of creativity I think we don't want to be assuming we're talking about is uh, creative accounting, right? (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> In fact, there, there's quite a lot of negative stigma attached to the idea of creativity. And what I want to work towards is people having a healthy understanding of creativity because creativity is actually beneath our ability to survive. It's part of our ability to innovate, to change, to adapt, to make it in this ever-changing and demanding world that we live in. Mm. We, we need to think on our toes, really, all the totally. time. Totally. 
all the time. Totally. And, and we need to be adaptable. And creativity is very adaptable. You know, some friends and I were talking with, with about child rearing, for instance. That's yes. where your creativity is challenged to no end. Absolutely. <laughs> so maybe you should have a package for I moms think that's and dads. I think a great idea, Shadow. I'm going to take you up on that one. <laughs> moms and dads need as much training as far as that is concerned. It's true. I mean, I've often been appalled that there isn't a training school for moms and dads. <laughs> well, there's another aha moment for us, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I give that one to you for free because I used your wrong surname. So you may use that as much okay, as you great. want. So we, yeah, all right. <laughs> Karen Stewart, thank you so much. We'll give out your, your website. It's the ahacompany.co.za, right? Yes, and I also have a Facebook page. Oh, and it's just called the AHA Company? Yes, yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Shadow. I really appreciate you um, taking the time to hear my story. No, and it's a very nice one. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. That, okay. That was Karen Stewart of she's the founder and she's an ideas engineer of the Aha Company, talking about uh, creativity in all of our lives. In fact, I think it shouldn't be just in the workplace, but everywhere because we do lead challenging lives. www.ahacompany.co.za and you can find her on Facebook. When we come back. We're speaking with Karima Brown, who's the editor of the newly launched Forbes Women Africa magazine. Being born with retinal blindness is like being locked inside yourself, half seeing, half blind. But now there's a cure in sight, and the key is gene therapy. Soon, through this miracle of science, thousands of children will get the gift of sight. Join Retina South Africa in making their dream come true. SMS DREAM to 38267 and donate 10 Rand or go to www.occurinsight.org.za. Free SMSs do not apply and prices exclude that. If you're worried about your financial future, thinking about life insurance, saving for retirement, not sure about investing for you and your family, what about your children's education? To answer all your questions, join me, Brian Hirsch, Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock. Otherwise, on SAFM. Ms. Brown, welcome to Otherwise, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Forbes, Woman Africa. Mm. It's, it's exciting, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, I think it's great news. We're trying to build on, of course, the big international brand, which is Forbes. Mm. But in Africa itself, from 2011, we've had Forbes Africa, and the magazine has done really, really well. And, of course, we're hoping to cash in on that success. Um, so we believe that the growth of the African middle class um, and their spending power, uh, particularly among women, um, will mean that this magazine will be able to be bought off the shelves. And, of course, the big issue is whether the magazine is going to be speaking to those people um, that mm. we wanted to buy Shadow. So very important for us to uh, showcase the game changers, the trailblazers, the women whose presence will be felt long after they've left the scene. Those are the women, the business women, the entrepreneurs that we'll be featuring. But I'm just wondering, um, how is the market not saturated? I mean, how, how are you going to be able to sustain 
uh, this magazine over time? Mm-hmm. I think the one thing, I mean, I take your point about the fact that we've got lots of women's magazines out there, but the difference uh, with Forbes Women Africa is twofold. The one is that we are truly a pan-African magazine, mm. and we're not just a pan-African magazine because we say so, but we're also a pan-African magazine because we demonstrate that um, with our writers and, and where they come from and also the kinds of women that we're profiling and that we're writing stories about and whose interests we're reflecting on. So that's the one thing that sets us apart from our competition. And, of course, the second thing that uh, sets us apart from our competition is the fact that we are a women's magazine focusing specifically on, or rather we are a magazine that's specifically focusing and targeting business women on the continent. There are mm-hmm. lots of fashion magazines, uh, you know, directed at women. Uh, there are lots of business magazines directed at everyone. Mm-hmm. We are a women's magazine that's focusing on women in business on the African continent, and we believe that sets us apart, and that is the um, value proposition that we bring to the market. Um, how how big is is this uh, group of women? Because are you not going to then give us the same old wealthy, mm, powerful, mm, and influential mm. that we've seen in different magazines? I, he- I hear what you're saying, that, you know, it's going to be the same old, same old. If we use, for example... Um, fund covers to promote um, the billionaires in Africa. Aren't we going to run out because there aren't that many? There aren't that many. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. And we grappled with this because unlike um, Forbes Africa, where you have to have a certain net worth to make it onto the cover, we don't have that criteria. Oh. We define um, net worth and wealth uh, slightly uh, differently, and we would like to believe more, um, in, you know, comprehensively. We believe that in today's world shadow where resources are finite, it's not enough to just be rich. Mm. Um, it's about recalibrating the space that you're in. So we are going to be looking at those women that are rich, that are powerful, but we're also going to be looking at women that are changing the spaces that they occupy, whether it is in agriculture, whether it's in mining, whether it is in science, whether it is in the adult sex industry. Ooh. If women are recalibrating the spaces where they find themselves, they will find themselves in Forbes Women Africa. And if they're using, more importantly, uh, their own money as entrepreneurs to build their businesses, we will be focusing on them. So, yes, we are going to be looking at the women that are sitting at the top table, but that is only the beginning. We are going to be looking at women who wield influence and power. So, for example, we will be, unlike Forbes Africa, be putting female politicians um, on our cover. So we'll be looking at presidents. We'll be looking at heads of, um, you know, institutions like the AU. Mm. We'll be looking at reserve bank governors. We'll be looking at constitutional court judges. So, yes, our definition of leadership, of, of power, and of influence is, is extended beyond what one's net worth is. Who should be reading this magazine? Well, I would like everyone to read this magazine, of course, but um, one can't always have what one wants. But our magazine is targeted at uh, the businesswoman on the continent, of course, 
but also the young professional woman, the woman who has just started out, who's at McKinsey and getting her first big account, mm-hmm. the woman who is at Investec managing her first, you know, hedge fund. We are looking at the university uh, lecturer who's teaching gender studies. We're looking at the woman who started with two, um, you know, hair salons and now have uh, franchises across the country or ac- across the continent and perhaps indeed in the globe. So we're looking at a broad range of women who will find strength, encouragement, and celebration of other women and their own uh, business initiatives and and um, initiatives that, like I said, um, you know, change, refashion, re-engineer the spaces which they occupy. Don't forget the arts and culture as well, because there's a lot of women playing in that space. Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, one of the interesting things that we're doing in the second edition, uh, Shadow, that's out on the 1st of November, is how do you decide when art is investment? You know, how do you decide? Because women appreciate art, and they're not just appreciating it for aesthetic reasons. I mean, art is very powerful. It pulls you in. But a lot of women are also um, using art as, as an area that they can branch out in, into investment. So we're running a really cool interview with Michelle Constant about, um, you know, how does one decide what is art, uh, or rather when art is, is an investment piece, when do you sell, when, when do you hold on to it. So, yes, art culture, very, very important space. So we've got a books page dedicated to books about women in business, about women for women, African women in particular. So very interesting niche uh, spaces. But what I would like to also say, Shadow, is that we have a couple of really interesting guys writing for us. Okay, um, just hold that thought then, please. <laughs> okay, great. Hold sir. that thought, Karina. <laughs> We're back with you after this. It is time for news headlines with Utile Sako. Welcome back, Karima. Thanks for, for, for staying on the line. Tell, tell me about this exciting bit of, of uh, your writers. Well, we've got really interesting writers. As I said, we try to demonstrate our Pan-African uh, credentials, not just by our story choices, but also um, by women who come from other parts of the continent. We've got uh, Nonya Omotolo. She is what I call my Nigerian, my secret weapon into that <laughs> exciting uh, country and very large market, uh, mm-hmm. Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, she is um, a brand specialist but loves writing. She is also associated with the Nigeria South Africa Business Council. So she really knows the country um, very well. She knows the kind of women that um, operate within the Nigerian economy very well. Uh, we've got Helena Dolny, a uh, former um, CEO of South Africa's Land Bank, wow. um, you know, wife mm. of John Pullman, um, wife also of the late uh, first housing minister under Democratic South Africa, Joe Slovo. Mm-hmm. Um, she's writing a column called Headspace, uh, where she's looking specifically at um, how the architecture in the corporate world adapts and changes to the needs of women um, and looking at, at, at how women leadership is, is built. And she's got a very interesting uh, take on coaching. Um, you know, she says that um, coaching is, is tailor-made learning as opposed to mentoring, which turns out little minimies. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea with coaching mm-hmm. is to be your best self, not to be a carbon copy of, <laughs> of person X or, or, or Y. Then uh, on the, the guy side, we've got Figile uh, Nse Kalelo Moya, 
who used to be the deputy editor for the City Press. Mm-hmm. He's writing a really exciting column called Left Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you can hear from the name, he's, <laughs> he's coming at us. He's yeah. a poster of note. And, he's um, doing a short left on us. Oh, totally. <laughs> keeping us on our toes. The very first um, column that he wrote, um, he, he challenged women and, and said, is it enough to just bring your gender to the party to make you a good leader. Are women innately good leaders? And mm-hmm. we'd really like your listener shadow yes. of SAFM to get in and go to our Facebook page and get in on that debate. And um, he's got a really cool second column um, um, out as well. You know, we are often said to be multitaskers of note, we mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. And Vigile is saying that... Um, where he grew up, um, you know, he did many things at the same time, and it was only when he became uh, aware of, of when he was reading books that he was told that um, he, he isn't, in fact, a multitasker. <laughs> so go out and get that magazine on, 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 on the 1st of November and go hear how Figile takes us to task. We've also got Vuganium Dare, who's a senior political researcher and analyst at Africa Practice. Uh, they, of course, look at the continent um, from a strategic perspective, and they advise clients from Coca-Cola to Microsoft. So he writes a column called Matters. It's the very last page in the magazine, and a lot of people say to me, Karima, why are you giving the man the last word, <laughs> you know? And I said, that's exactly the point. Um, it's the last page in the magazine, but it's not the bloody last word, you know. <laughs> um, and what Vugani does is that he takes uh, big issues on the continent and distills it for us and, and gives us his take. Um, the first uh, column that he wrote for us was really interesting, a lot of food for thought about whether South Africa's approach to Africa is is has to enter the age of real politics, you know, where mm-hmm. we are looking out for our own interests yeah. um, and where we have to be wary of, of acting like Big Brother and, and as another kind of imperial power on the continent. Ooh, so now I want that magazine. Exactly. I want so that magazine. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. they're lucky to have you because you, you, you bring a lot of depth into it as well, I mean, with your experience. You know, the, 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 the nicest compliment that I've gotten so far about the magazine is actually from a friend of mine, uh, Clanty. He's a, a, an investment uh, specialist, and he was reading the mag, and he phoned me, or rather he emailed me, and he said to me, you know, Karima, what I like about Forbes Women Africa is that you're not dumbing down because you are talking to women. Mm. You bring it out there, mm. you know. You're talking about the economy in your columns where you write about, um, you know, which stocks women should be going after. Mm. You're not talking to women as if they are add-ons in the economic and, 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 and private sector world. You're speaking to them um, as if they are the movers and shakers, because they are. And and I felt really, you know, heartened by, by Clanty's um, compliment, because I think that's what we're aiming for, Shadow. We are... We are not the sideshow. We are not the second act with the main act. We're you know? not the girls on a bikini selling a car. No, and neither are we <laughs> men in lipstick. We like our Hermes bags. We love our Prada glasses. We are interested in the latest trends and fashions, but we're also interested in figures coming out of emerging markets. We, we, we are whole human beings, and we celebrate the idea of ourselves as empowered individuals um, and of course one of one of the women that we're interviewing this week she um, uh, is from brand South Africa Chichi Maponya mm-hmm. and she's got this wonderful phrase where she says as I'm growing and as I'm moving I'm pulling up 
I'm pulling my sister's uh-huh. up. Uh-huh. And, and it's, you know, it's her words, but it really, really resonates. The idea is often that we are only who we are because we stand on the shoulders of others. So very much a, a magazine that will give um, credit where credit is due to those women who are sitting at the top table, who are designing the table, but very, very aware that many, many must still come through the ranks. So ours is also to defy and shatter those, those glass ceilings that uh, people foolishly try and put on us. Karima, well done. It's at all bookstores, good bookstores? Absolutely, but you can also get it at your spas. You can also get it at your CNAs. You can get it at your CN, uh, at your exclusive books. Um, so there's like, no excuse. There's really. no excuse. There's Go no. out, read it. Um, and, and what I really like about it is that for South African women, it's an opportunity to get to know women from the rest of the continent, to do business with them, to mm. learn from mm. them, to exchange views and ideas, and, and to celebrate celebrate um, our, our common heritage and to leverage our collective strengths and efforts. Lovely girl. Thank you so much and congratulations once me. more. Hey? Okay, thanks Thank so much. you. Okay, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Brown, the editor of the newly launched Forbes Women Africa. You heard her. Go get it. We're back talking to Jackie O'Brie after this. Otherwise, on SAFM. Women, women, women. That's what we do best. And this next uh, woman is Jackie O'Brien. She's a life coach and self-esteem expert. And Jackie, welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. Um, something that we all want to talk about is our beauty and, and, and find out about the, the real beauty campaign. It showed on television mm-hmm. and it was done in 2010. And um, we saw it in South Africa, and I just wonder how many of us got it uh, and got the meaning of the campaign. Do you want to just give us a a brief background? Yes, sure. It's a really inspiring campaign. I'm just so pleased to be part of it. It was started about nine years ago in the States um, by Dove. And uh, the study was done again in 2010, and it really was just challenging women about their perception of beauty and what they consider beauty in themselves. And they recently did a survey here in South Africa, and the statistics weren't as far off with the global statistics either. And um, what was very interesting, that on the global survey, it revealed that 54% of women agree that when it comes to how they look, they are their own worst beauty critic. And in the South African survey, it actually revealed that 45% of South African women admit that they are their own greatest source of beauty pressure. So we're doing better than the other women? We actually are. And in fact, the survey proved that South African women are far more confident with their own beauty. But at the same time, locally, we still experience the same beauty pressures as women all over the world. What can we do about this? You know, it's something we really have to address because confidence really stops us from from achieving what we want to achieve. And, you know, as women, uh, we want to do so much. We want to look after our families. We want to run businesses. We want to just be the best versions of ourselves. And confidence is really at the root of all of this. Mm. So we need to start having these conversations. And that's why I think it's so um, inspirational that Dove has started this conversation and saying, you know, if we can't see the beauty in others, you know, if we can see the beauty in others, why can't we see it in ourselves? And we need to be asking these questions and doing something about it. I saw on the on the television ad that, you know, you ask somebody to tell you about their, their, their best looks or what's good about their face. And they, they find it hard to just say good things about themselves. 
Oh, absolutely. I don't know about you, Shadow, but I notice when someone gives you a compliment, we generally sort of deny it or yeah, deflect no, it. No, yeah, no, you know, don't, don't give me a compliment. Yeah, I say, well, this Because I don't thing. believe it anyway. Even if I say thank you, I don't believe it. And in fact, in the survey that Dove did now with in South Africa, it revealed that 36% of women find it difficult to accept compliments and 21% don't believe the compliments they receive. That's it, because you think, oh, somebody's just being nice, they want something from me, you know, I can't look that good. And yet we spend so much money trying to look that good. (laughs) The irony. (laughs) Now, tell me, how do we get our our self-esteem back? Because that's really where the problem lies. Absolutely. And I think that that ad that you mentioned now, where we say we can give the compliments to other people, but we can't do it to ourselves. You know, I learned a lot from that advert, and I believe it's really about becoming your own best friend. Um, You know, when I see my best friend, I'm not quick to criticize her or focus on her flaws. I I encourage her, I praise her, I compliment her. I focus on her successes. Mm. And I think we need to start looking ourselves that way. That when we look in the mirror, it's not just about seeing what's wrong with us or the size of our thighs or (laughs) the shape of our nose, but actually focusing on what makes us beautiful, what makes us unique. So I really believe it's about shifting our focus from our flaws to our beauty, to our uniqueness. You know, because it's something that you train for. That's why we have mirrors. Mm. You go to the mirror every day and you think, hmm, my, my nose is not looking good. Oh, I'm, I'm getting another wrinkle on the side. And that's what you do first. But mm. you, we've done that all our years. How do you undo that? Yes, becoming my, my, my best friend, mm. me becoming my own best friend, is difficult. It is, it is. And it's a habitual way of thinking. So it really starts by changing our thinking. We need to examine our thoughts. I mean, our, th- our thinking is shaped by many things, our upbringing, our culture, our um, education. But ultimately, we choose how we think. So we need to examine our thinking. If we're constantly criticizing ourselves or putting ourselves down, we've got to ask ourselves important questions. If I keep on doing this, where am I going to be 10 years from now? Is this helping me or harming me? And and to examine our thinking and adopt different thinking. Um, Our thinking determines how we feel, how we act. And if we want to feel more confident and be more confident, we need to start changing our thinking. I think the other way, Shadow, to sort of really shift things is when it comes to, you know, our role as mothers or as parents, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the way we talk about ourselves in front of our children, Mm -hmm. we've got to be very careful because that plays a huge influence on the next generation. If we're constantly looking in the mirror and saying how fat we are or how you know, old we're getting. That's what they are going to do when they look in the mirror. So it's a it's a responsibility of ours to if we want to stop this, we need to stop how we are talk about ourselves in such a negative way, especially in front in front of young girls. What is beauty, Jackie? Because <laughs> really, you know, we we're talking about being beautiful, mm-hmm. and, and as as I grow, I grew up to think, okay, the beauty is inside. What do they say? Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. That's right. And you know, it's inside and not physical. Mm. But what we worry about mainly is the physical beauty. Can we merge the two, and do we not have to look like anybody else? Yeah, absolutely. I think we definitely must merge the two. And I think you were, with your previous uh, person you were interviewing there, it's about being that best version of you. And, and I think that's what's truly beautiful, is someone who's confident in her own skin, who is loving to other people as well, not critical about other people, but someone who embraces who she is and is proud of, and proud of that. For me, that's true beauty. And, of course, part of that is looking after yourself. It's important. Mm. 
important that you take care of yourself, but we don't need to fit in the mold of, of what they're putting on magazines. I think South Africa, we're a colorful country, we're a diverse country, so then we shouldn't have one idea of beauty. That wouldn't be right. So it's about looking at that mirror, accepting who you are, making the best of who you are as well, and having the confidence to say, you know what, I accept and love myself just as I am. Those those thoughts come into you. You know, you try and say, I'm going to have a positive thought about myself, mm. but the, the negatives come rushing in. Mm. How do you discipline that thought process? You know, the negative and replace it with a positive. How do you do that? Well, you're right. It is a discipline because thinking is actually a habit. It's a neural pathway that you've created in your brain that you've thought over and over and over. So instead of trying to stop thinking that way, you've actually got to adopt new thinking. So an affirmation is an example of something that works really well that I use with my clients. And an affirmation is basically a positive declaration that something is true that you say over and over again. It can Mm -hmm. be something like, I love and accept myself just as I am. So you need to train your brain in a way to start thinking that way instead of sort of uh, deflecting back to the negative thoughts all the time and I encourage my clients I've used it myself to create an affirmation that's meaningful to you in what you're going through and say it at least three times a day and, and to really breathe it in and also at times where you are perhaps having that, that inner critic attack or you're really <laughs> feeling bad about yourself you just just take a deep breath and you, you repeat that affirmation over and over again um, and over time it will become your default way of thinking does it help to write lines? You know, like we used to write at school, write <laughs> many lines. I will not do, be criticizing myself again, you know. <laughs> Ten pages. You know what? It actually does help to write things down, but I want to encourage you to write the positive things down because the more energy you give to what you shouldn't do, you almost create that oh, again. Oh. So you really want to say, then if you want to start writing things down, write down something positive. Write down what you find beautiful about yourself. Write down about your uniqueness. Write down about your successes and your achievements. Um, focus on that but writing it down and that's why we encourage people to write down their goals is exceptionally powerful and your brain goes out of its way to help you achieve it just by writing things down so you say affirmation three times a day maybe included as part of your prayers absolutely you know uh, or your your gratitude what what is it gratitude journal gratitude journal that's what I'm trying to I was going to go to gratitude no Gratitude journal. I'm tired today. Yeah, and, and, and do those kinds of things on a daily basis. Anything else that you'd like to help us with? Well, I think we need to start accepting compliments. I think that really helps us feel better. Instead of deflecting or denying them, we need to start accepting them, saying, thank you very much. I appreciate you and your judgment, and I respect that. Thank you. And I, I also feel that um, you know, we just stop comparing ourselves to others. Mm, it's a, that's the big one. Oh, it's a big one. And I listen, I'm guilty too. I'm yeah, like all of us are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we really need to realize that the grass is not always green on the other side. We all have our, our flaws. Um, and, and not trying to sort of try to be anyone else, but just be the best version of ourselves. And for me, that's a really big one. Do you know, Jackie, as you talk about all these things and the advice you're giving us, I think a lot of us know these things, mm. but it's, it's, it's owning them and processing mm. them and mm. doing the right thing all the time. Yes. Um, we, 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 we read a lot of books, magazines write, write you know, uh, give advice as well about our self-esteem and all of that, but it's the practice of it Absolutely. that is a difficulty. 
Yeah, and we need to practice it. It's a, it's a discipline. I'm glad you used that word earlier. Um, but you've really got to ask yourself, if I don't want to be like this anymore, I've got to do something about it. Mm. So that's why people work with coaches or mentors to try and overcome whatever holding, whatever holding them back. And if you have a lack of confidence or if you don't see the beauty in yourself, it's going to be holding you back. So it's going to take some action to get over that. But I encourage you to try because if you enter into these daily disciplines, you won't believe the change that you'll experience in your life in in a short amount of time. Hmm. Jackie, how do we find you? Oh, thank you. Um, I have a website, which is fulllife-coach.com. Sorry? Uh, full life, F-U-L-L-I-F-E. I-F-E, yes. Fulllife-coach.com. Mm-hmm. Or otherwise on Facebook, which is Full Life Coach. Full Life Coach. And you're up in Johannesburg, are you? I'm based in Johannesburg, but travel regularly to Cape Town, P.E., Durban. If you're in Cape Town, give us a shout. Oh, come and join us again. Eh? Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been great to talk to you more <laughs> and see better. how the campaign is going as well. Yes, it's a great campaign and we should really ca- in, carry on with these conversations. Yes. Thank you so much. See you when you're in Cape Town. Thanks, Shadow. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Self-esteem. We all need that. For life-coach.com is where you'll find more information on Jackie or Bree. And, uh, yeah, let's let's... Just welcome a compliment and genuinely welcome a compliment because we are all beautiful. My life is brilliant. Another man, but I won't lose no sleep on that because I've got a plan. You're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, it's true. I saw your face in a crowded place, and I don't know.
by James Blunt there, You're Beautiful. I thought I would play it for all you beautiful ladies out there. Well,